just before we get started, just a quick content warning. There is mention of sexual assault, murder, rape, and cannibalism in this episode. It is quite gruesome compared to the other stuff we've done. There's a lot of details, especially in the second story, about torture and a lot of that involves children as well. So if you would like to click off this your time to do so, and if you would like to stay tuned, I hope you enjoy. How's everybody doing? I'm great. It's a great time. My mom just called me. Actually, my life was destroyed when I figured out, when I found out, like, from that famous, like, uh, viral tweet that was like, this is what chin muscles look like. What? what? Life was destroyed after that. Chin muscles? Yes. Look up. What do chin muscles look like? Oh, God. You guys haven't seen that tweet. It's terrifying. It's like what a are we looking picture. At? What do chin look like? Oh my god! And like, there's like, they just end there. Oh, why? That's why Did when you, you scrunch up. That? That's why when you scrunch up your chin, it goes like. What am I looking at? That's supposed to be disturbing. Chin muscles. Um, it's like purple muscles. Oh god! Oh wait! Oh, ugh. They just end there. They just are. Are we seeing real muscle? I don't really know. I just got a great it, it, picture of torn muscle and exposed nerve. Imani, what are you looking up on your computer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. It's pulling back the skin. What are you looking so, uh, at? The muscle you know, torn. If you like listening to the first half of the podcast before we get started, because you don't like the scary stuff, um, well, chin muscles are kind of scary. So uh, just a warning before you go and look that up. What's a Penrose strain? Ew, I see the picture of them opening it up. Yeah, no. What is going on? Are you seeing this one? Guys. So anyway, uh um... You know, only two of us prepared a case. Hey, you don't have to say that out loud. The knot. You know, I was having a bad day, so. because Are we all looking at gastric cancer? (laughs) No. (laughs) Bren is not here today because she's busy farting. Um, I'm going to have a money go. (laughs) I'm going first. Unless you want me to go first. Hold on, can I just, I just need to back away from this distorted muscle tissue. Give me a second. Yeah, we're just going to delete that real quick. Alrighty, folks. So, um, today my case is, listen, I don't know what's wrong with people, but there are some people out there who like to, you know, just collect bones. You know, like weirdos. So anyway. This is the um, this is the bone collector at the West Mesa. Basically, it was a string of murders. But essentially, on February second, two thousand nine, a woman walking a dog found a human bone on the West Mesa and reported it to the police. As a result of the subsequent police investigation, authorities discovered the remains of eleven women and girls in a fetus buried in the area. They were between the ages of fifteen and thirty-two. Most were Hispanic, and most were involved with drugs and prostitution. Um, the remains discovered in 2009 were identified as those of the following women. 
I'm not gonna read out their names because, well, should I? Should I read out their names? Do you guys wanna hear names and ages? One's answering, so I'm going to assume I'm alone on this podcast. Um, we've got- I am nodding my head, by the way. Oh. And I so was Lauren. I'm reading this paper. But that's nice, okay. Jamie Barella, 15. Monica Candelaria, 22. Victoria Chavez, 26. Virginia Cloven, 24. Silk, oh my God. Selena Edwards, 15. Cinnamon Elts, 32. Doreen Marquez, 24. Julie Nito, 24. Veronica Romero, 28. Evelyn Salazar, 27. And Michelle Valdez, 22. Um, now, there are a few, there are a few tearaways from the basic MO of Hispanic and prostitutes which were Selena Edwards, a 15-year-old runaway from Lawton, Oklahoma, which is weird because you know, that's where most of my family lives. Strange. Um, she was an African-American and was the only victim from out of state. And Michelle Valdez, um, she was four months pregnant at the time of her death, which is how they found the fetus. Okay. So on December 9th, 2010, Albuquerque police released six photos of seven other unidentified women who may also have been linked to the West Mesa. Police would not say how or where they had obtained the photos. Some of the women appeared to be unconscious, and many share the same physical characteristics as the original 11 victims. The following day, the police released an additional photograph of another woman. This one was sub- subsequently identified as by family members who reported that she had died of natural causes earlier. Um, on December 13, 2010, police reported that two of the women in the photos had been identified as alive and could have been valuable information if they can be located. In June 2018, more bones were found near the site of the burials, but these were later determined to be ancient and not related to West Mesa. Basically, um, they just found you know, an ancient burial ground sub- subsequently right next to um, a new burial ground by a serial killer. Anyway, suspects. The police suspect that the bodies were all buried by the same person or people, Many uh, and maybe the work of a serial killer who has since come to be referred to as the West Mesa Bone Collector. Authorities also believe that the murders were closely linked to the annual state fair, which attracts large numbers of sex workers to the area in the fall. No, no official suspects have ever been named in connection to the murders. In 2010, a reward of up to $100,000 was being offered for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or person responsible. Over time, a number of men have attracted police attention, though not named as full suspects in connection with the murders. So we have Fred Reynolds. He was a pimp who knew of one of the missing women and reportedly had photos of missing sex workers. He died of natural causes in January 2009. Lorenzo Montoya lived less than three miles away from the burial site in 2006. There were reportedly dirt trails leading from his parker, sorry, his trailer park um, to the site. In December 2006, Montoya strangled a teenager at his trailer and then was shot to death by the teen's boyfriend, Deserve. It would be. It would appear that the killing stopped right after his death. <laughs> Suspicious. In 2010, um, August, police searched several properties in Jolpin, Missouri, associated with a local photographer and businessman in connection with the West Mesa cases. They confiscated tens of thousands of photos from a man who reportedly used to visit the state fair in Albuquerque. In December 2010, convicted Colorado serial killer Scott Lee Kimball stated that he had been investigated for the West Mesa murders. They denied killing the woman. Fair enough. 
In 2014, a breakthrough on the decades-old case caused Albuquerque police to become interested in Joseph Blay. Or not how you pronounce his name. As a suspect in murders, Blay had been dubbed um, the mid-school rapist for his activities in the 1980s. Police say he would often break into the homes of 13 to 15-year-old girls who lived near McKinley Middle School in Albuquerque and rape them. In one case, there was a DNA sample, but the rape kit test um, was not retested until 2010, eventually linking Blake to the rape in 2015. Blake was also suspected by the police of killing a sex worker. His DNA sample was located on the inner waistband and belt of a sex worker found dead in Central Avenue, um, a street notorious for sex work on the eastern part of the city. In addition, a tree type from the nursery was found in the area where the West Mesa victims' bodies were buried. It was tracked to a nursery Blake once frequented. Blay in the mid rape, sorry, Blay in the mid school rape case was sentenced to 36 years in June 2015, and at the age of 58, well, at the at 58 years of age, so probably gonna die in there. But that's the case. Who do you think did it? Out of all those suspects I just named, uh, definitely the last guy. You think it's the last guy? For sure. Not, not the guy that was you know that suspiciously afterwards of his death of being shot after strangling a teenager um the, the serial case stopped when he died everyone stopped dying no that can't be right that's too easy yeah you ever watch maybe that? some someone was trying to set him up yeah maybe. but yeah this case is um awful 11 like it was 11 people right Eleven women found. Yeah, eleven. And then afterwards, they found more people. Oh my! Yeah. Yikes! So after the original eleven, they found um, seven more. That's so many people. Oh my god! Yeah. A lot of runaways and sex workers, mostly prostitutes. That's just hor- like. When I hear stories like this and it deals with like sex workers and stuff, it's so just like horrible and sad. Yeah, it's um that they're targeted. People like to target them for killings because it's really easy to make them disappear because for the most part they're either like estranged from their family, right? Runaways who have been like have disappeared from the system like years ago, or at the very least they're type of people whose family and associates, well, if they disappear, will not be searched for until something like this happens. Most of these people were druggies, and except for the few out-of-state victims and the pregnant woman, most of these people just um, just disappear under the radar. It wouldn't be strange for them to disappear and just not come back. Exactly, and mm-hmm. like, the police literally work for the rich, so they don't care about like uh, anyone in the lower class. And not let's be real here. You know, there were a few cops in the Albuquerque police who were just like yeah, prostitutes. Yeah. Maybe they were friends with the pimp. Well, I just feel like as always, sex workers aren't like taken too seriously and stuff like that, you know? And a lot of time like when something bad happens to them or there's some sort of like crime committed against them it's not really taken seriously because you know how you know society views sex workers and stuff and i'm sure back then it was worse this was in 2006 
through 2015 and then reopened in 2018. Well, like, I feel like in more modern times, it's not as bad because people are trying to, like, normalize it more. But I feel like especially in 2006 and, like, early 2000s and even into, like, 2015, it was still kind of, like not as talked about and like if you were a sex worker like you were ruining your life or whatever you know i mean it's shown in, it's shown in um what is it scott lee kimball you know well, not scott lee kimball very sorry the joseph Blade in school rapists started his like career of raping middle school girls in the 1980s Jeez. Like, yeah it would i be know like, i'm mean, gonna bleep myself out on this one Beep. This dude. Facts. Yeah. I'm going to actually say the word. <laughs> I don't think Lauren would like that. Lauren would like That's why I didn't say it. But screw this guy. Like to the ninth degree. You know, he's probably still alive. Uh, oh, I would hate it if he was still alive. I mean, <laughs> people like that who just exist. Girls, and he's in a prison, so I can imagine um, he's not having the greatest time. I don't know if you know this, but um, rapists and pedophiles don't have, you know, the best of times in prison. That is very true. I learned that from SVU. Pedophiles are treated the worst in prison, as they deserve. Yeah. Like, at least do some sort of respect crime, like tax fraud. Hello. Um, you're fine. Oh, you got here. You're in here for a second. Join the group. You're in here for being a file. I almost accidentally committed tax fraud. Hey. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Lauren. No, the government makes it so hard. I did not oh, judge you. The government makes what hard? What are we talking about? Um, I was filling out forms. On filing that. taxes. The government makes filing taxes so hard for no oh, reason. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. an ad. I use Turbo. So I think no matter what Lauren did, Turbo it tax. was definitely not her fault. But I could have. Anyway, so that actually reminds me. Not anything of that case, but just like uh, I completely blocked <laughs> this out from my memory. <laughs> Yesterday I was working. This is a true crime case, by the way. I was working, I work at, um, Whataburger. Yeah. You work at, and you call it Whataburger instead of Whataburger? It's Whataburger. Whataburger. It's Whataburger. It's Whataburger. It's Whataburger. Literally, it's spelled out for you, Lauren. Whataburger. Their tagline for Whataburger is Whataburger. 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 Everybody finds that funny because I'm a vegetarian, whatever. Also, my manager tried to get me in like an extra day and I was like, no. And she was like, I'll give you like free meals. And I was like, ma, I already steal from this establishment. If I even Facts, go off, please. You guys want to know a secret? Do you want to know a secret? Yes. I absolutely hate Whataburger and I cannot stand the food. I think it's disgusting. Sorry, no, I don't like you, Elena. I'm sorry. sorry. There's, have you ever tried their cinnamon rolls? Elena Davis. So, oh my god, <laughs> they are good. Um, I am ashamed. Malt. This oh one thing was like, you put these in the oven, right? And I'm like, Ma, we put it in the microwave. <laughs> like, uh, anyway, uh, uh, 
I'm we usually are talking over each other way too much. Yeah, it's fine. Um, fun fact: if you go during my shift, I'm probably the person that makes your food. You trust me or not? Oh, fine. Are you gonna make my? No, sh- actually, I don't trust you. You're, you're gonna recognize my voice in the drive-through, and you're gonna be like, "I will spit in her food." No. Omg, if you y'all should come in one day though. No. I was working. We had a lot of people call out, so I had to do customer service, which is not ideal for me because I hate customers with a burning passion. Um, this guy comes in, or he's like just leaving his shift, and he goes outside. He runs back in. He's like, guys, there's two men like shooting at each other in the parking lot. So, of course, we all run, and we see them. One of them like drops his hat, and we see them like get in the car, and they like skirt away like as fast as they could and we like heard the gunshots because we were like what and then he runs in he's like guys and then um so one of my managers calls the police and this family comes in they're like what's happening the managers are like outside calling the police they're not talking to them and I'm like oh we just had like people shoot at each other in the parking lot like a few minutes ago um we had to ask them to move their car because it was like in the like in the midst of the scenes and we were like you gotta leave we gotta anyway um we did not shut down anything though we had to keep working we had the worst rush of our entire life they like had (laughs) customer service to have me like make ease because we were like we don't have like they were like this other girl can run it by herself like you got to get on like the line you have to start making food i do it for my squad i do it for my anyway um the police we have like four or five policemen show up they're really scary most of them are bald they like start questioning people they look at the cameras they like they sniff around and they're like well we got to send it to a detective we can't do anything um and what what is the reason for them showing up then i don't know and also one of my managers (laughs) they're not listening i was like i'm not gonna get in trouble for this they're not listening they don't know i do um he like, came in. He wasn't even like scheduled or anything. He was just like, "I'm gonna help out." And then like he gets there right after that happens, and they like one of the guys like that was part of the like the crime left his hat like when he drove away, like it flew off. And my manager decides to pick it up, and I'm like, "You can't do that. You can't mess with the stuff." Like you got. He's like 19. Like he, I'm, <laughs> my guy. What are you doing? Anyway, um, wild time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds like true an eventful crime. day. True crime happened before like, Lauren's eyes. Lauren, get back to work. And I was like, <laughs> do you guys want to hear my true crime story? I, you know, originally I didn't have a story, but now I have one. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you guys ready? I just talked about the time there was a shootout outside of the church. <laughs> Is this I, today's why episode? Do I feel like Alina has a whole wanna, bunch of. I want to set the scene. I have so many. Why do I feel like Alina has stories? already told us a a true crime story that's happened in her life? Probably have. There's been a lot. Literally, Imani. Imani told me the other day. She just started talking about like this person she's hanging out with when she was younger and like. It sounded crazy. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, she almost got bit by a snake. 
So my wait, friend, I have my story. Let me tell my story. Oh, sorry, sorry, you sorry, sorry. You go. My friend dragged me into a ditch filled with poisonous snakes, and my cousin had to drag me out. What is going on? Ranch man country, and my mom. I want to hear Alina's story. Imani, Imani, shut up! I want to hear Alina's story. I want to hear Alina's story. Okay, everybody, picture this. It's Thanksgiving, or no, it's Black Friday, so it's after Thanksgiving, but it's Thanksgiving break. I'm in Florida visiting my family, um, Fort Myers, Florida, and I'm with my grandma, and she has a TJ Maxx right by her house, like literally right by her house. A man goes into TJ Maxx, stabs someone, and then starts running through their neighborhood and runs past her house, and the helicopter is chasing him, and we're watching the news, and he literally runs past her house. And he unfortunately murdered someone in the TJ Maxx. The person did not make it. And yeah, and he was running through the neighborhood and they locked us down and they finally caught him. And unfortunately, he went and killed his ex-wife in the TJ Maxx. She worked there. Um, And for some reason, uh, right after this, we decided to go to Walmart. We get into Walmart. They evacuate us. There's a bomb threat. And yeah, that's my story. (laughs) my cue crime story I, I should not be laughing I should not be laughing I should not be laughing but I am Romeo man just murdered his ex-wife in a TJ I, I wish I had more in details but I just think that's wild that he was like literally running past the house in their neighborhood this TJ Maxx is like right next to her house like directly next to it um, and he like full on went in there and stabbed, unfortunately, this poor woman, his ex-wife to death. And then he w- literally ran past her house and the police people were uh, chasing after him and the news helicopter was chasing after him and the search helicopter was searching or going after him. And it was like a whole ordeal. And my grandma and I were just like, yeah, and then there was a bomb threat. And so we didn't even get to go to Walmart. That's so sad. I wish I had gone to Walmart. Anyways, that's my true crime story this week. I hope you all enjoyed. It's that kind of horrible. Crazy. Yeah. Maybe yeah. um, is mocking me because I just took off my eyelashes. That was rude and uncalled for. You're grounded. And now she's taking this time to take off her makeup. Because I took a nap. She looks like a pink raccoon. Um, I, I pre... <laughs> Anyway, um, a little story behind my makeup. No, Jesus Christ! You know what you look like. Oh, my day. Anyway, I um, I bought the MCR like makeup thingy. I pre-ordered it because it the website like messed up and it went out of stock before I could get my little hooves on it. Um, so I pre-ordered it. It came in like last month, but then I forgot about it. And then it came in, so I, like, used it today, and I didn't realize, like, they were all, like, pressed pigments and not, like, eyeshadow eyeshadow, and I didn't use primer before, so now it's, like, severely going to stain my skin, but that's okay. No one had to know that. That's my true crime story today. It was a crime. I feel like that's, that should be taken out of this podcast. I that was so, like, not needed. I will keep it in. They needed to know, but great. they gave me a little pen with it. Also, I'm going to go see them in Chicago in September. 
Right. Again, all information that I don't know why they need to know. They need to know because they're my biggest fans. Anyway, um, I'm gonna talk back. I don't know. My my uncle listens. No, no. Wait, wait, wait. You guys don't understand. My uncle listens to this podcast every week, so I just want to have a shout out to him. Shout out, thanks, Uncle Michael. Oh, and now he's gonna know that I'll be in Chicago in September. Hi, Maggie's uncle. Oh my God, can I go to the house then? What? Can I rob your house? I'll like come back. Me? Why? Family will still be in here. Both of you to assume they'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah, you could probably take them. Just I I mean, like Warren has plans to infiltrate my intercom. I do, and I have. Okay, that's nice. Anyway, so I'm going to tell even more unnecessary background information to, like, lead into my little story today. Uh, I totally didn't Google 30 minutes ago. Um, so I, I am a member of Goodreads, me and most of my friends. Not most of them. Like, maybe, like, 10. Um, it's... You just can you explain books. what Goodreads is real quick? <laughs> you tell people like about like what books you're reading. You can like write reviews on the books you you read, stuff like that. It's basically, but you can like follow people on there, and you can have like friends on there, so you can like look at each other's like statuses. And um, my my hit status of today was not about a book. I just said who up farting, and then Brent said me. Um, okay, but- you know, I that's where I found legal downloads for um, books. No, you're just talking about the books you read. I know, some people would put, like, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't let it get it out. Anyway, so I, apparently, I tried to, like, make an account today. Apparently, I've had an account since 2016, but, um, anyway, so right now, I'm reading the Hannibal series, this is what I'm trying to get into. And then so today I was like, hmm, I wonder like about real life st- Maggie, stop laughing. I wonder about like real people who like eat human flesh. First of all, I would eat human flesh. <laughs> it's what? if they consent. Yeah, wow. you know, you know cannibalism is illegal. Lauren, you can't, can't tell me to you can't, you can't you tell can't me to not laugh. This is against proceedings. This is against rules. No, 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 no. You can cannibalism is legal as long as like the no. people eating legally consent. You can't. like you just admit a crime. Did you just mute me? <laughs> I can't believe you muted me. Oh my! I'm, I'm being silenced. I am being day. silenced. Uh, FYI, she muted all of us. You know, there was a man who lost his leg, like amputated it, and he was like, Can I keep the leg? And the doctor was like, Well, sure, it's your leg. (laughs) So he went back and he made tacos for all of his friends with his leg. Okay, here's the thing. If like my friend was like losing an arm and they're like, You want to eat tacos for my I would say yes. Would you? I no, you there's something wrong place. I would not just go to Taco Casa or something. I don't eat meat. Taco Casa. You know, their tacos aren't actually that bad. Aren't you vegetarian? Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. Let's back up here. (laughs) Vegetarian. And she's admitting. It's it's vegan. If they eat animals and not give consent. Oh, word. Word. You know, it is. I actually don't care about animals, though. That's not why I'm vegetarian. Yeah, I really don't care. I do this. Guys, I have no words. So then no why words. are you vegetarian? Hey, don't worry about it. 
Um, when I was younger, I watched Avatar The Last Airbender, and I thought it was really cool that the main character was a vegetarian. I asked my mother, she said no, and now I'm fulfilling. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. I'm going to put the pop filter over the microphone real quick so I can laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest reason to become a vegetarian. That's hilarious. Lord Miller became a vegetarian because this 12-year-old twink was a vegetarian. That's funny. I don't think you could say that. <laughs> she can. I'll allow it. Oh. I will allow it. Oh my god. Dear god. Funny. Not a bad word. It's an accurate descriptor. Accurate description of what he was. He was a tiny Guys, boy. Tiny boy. We're gonna get canceled. Oh my god. That show has influenced my my lifestyle choices. <laughs> that show has influenced why I hate people who act like Katara. I can't wait till we're trending uh, on shut Twitter. Up. Katara was a queen. That Literally shut up, armchair Katara, when her brother was mourning, her mom said, shut up. You didn't know her like he I did. Like, he wasn't the older brother. That made me mad. You act like she didn't make a stupid mistake at, like, 13 years old. I don't care. It influenced how I think of her for the rest She was of literally, life. like, 14. Amani. I don't care. Like, come on, get with the time. Differently. No. Grief affects everybody differently. Another true crime story. I had a friend die from a car crash when I was 13, and that that made me a little bit angry. Maybe it made me a little bit angry. She Is this why you always react with violence? No. <laughs> I don't know if anyone on the podcast knows this, but after every episode, um, Lauren Miller then goes on a, like, horrifying rant calling us slurs. And I do. <laughs> I did not partake in any of this. <laughs> Maggie just muted. I would eat human flesh. I would eat human oh, flesh too. Anyway, God. I hate Katara. Angus a twink. You know what though? Why did they end up together? That was so weird. That was weird. It's just like there was no like. There was no real chemistry. Yeah. Hey, can I can I say something? This is what just what I I just experienced. I was here listening to a Monty rant about. I don't even remember what it was, and all of a sudden I heard, eh, 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 and then Lauren was freezing frame, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, oh no, I don't know if you guys could have heard me, and then my app just shut down, oh. I opened it back up, and here you were. Where was I? Oh, Amani called me the Eschler. No, that's not what I said. Um, anyway, we're talking about how there's no chemistry between Aang and Katara. There was none. That's a crime against humanity. That is true crime. It was disgusting. Literally, shut up. No. Do you not remember when he burned her? And, like, he just felt, like, horrible. (laughs) Oh, when he burned her? But that's, like, that's, like, an 11-year-old feeling guilt for, like, burning his older sister. He's not 11 years old. He's years old. That one scene between Zuko and Katara where she tries to heal his scar had way more chemistry than any scene when Aang was just crushing on Katara for no reason. Yep, yep, Okay. I was like, why would they put that scene in there? AF. Zuko and Katara, when they went on the adventure to find her mother's no, murderer. Not what I'm talking like, about. I do not ship, I do not ship Zutara. No Zutara in this I don't ship them either. I'm just saying. It's Zuko, so weird. Zuko like and Zuko. Everybody pause. Pause. Listen, listen. Zuko, Zuko and Sokka. Stop it. <laughs>
<laughs> and then their entire relationship and the Korra was awful. Did you just say Zuka okay. and Sokka? I'm gonna yeah. leave, yo. I don't know what's happening. What? What are we talking about? Children. Okay, back on to back on to true crime. Um, Lauren, why don't you tell us your true crime story? Okay. <laughs> I just don't know how to transition from that. I had a oh, whole. I would eat human flesh. Um. So anyway, we're gonna be talking about Albert Fish. He's also known as the Brooklyn Vampire. Who is popping? I think that's Imani. I'm going to mute Imani. Okay. By November 1934, 10-year-old Grace Bud, Imani said, I'm warning you. She spelled warning wrong. (laughs) I will ruin this podcast. Girl. Warning. She said, warning. Oh my god, I've completely forgot. Add me on Goodreads. Lauren Miller is my name. Um, What's my profile pic? Just so y'all know. Artemisia Genovelci. Genovel- I don't know. And my favorite artist, whatever. Anyway, um, Alina, we're not going to add you on Instagram. We're going to talk about Albert Fish. Grace Bud is a 10-year-old. She's missing for six years. There's no promising like clues on her disappearing. And then her mother receives a little letter. Stop talking in the chat, guys, or you're going to get grounded. Um, it read, Dear Mrs. Bud, on Sunday, June 3rd, 1927, I called you at 406 West Street and brought you pot cheese, strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat on my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. So she got this letter and she was like, jaw dropped. Um, That's crazy. Because it's, there was like a description of her daughter being murdered and roasted in the oven as well as this. Um, the written confession was unsigned and nameless, but it was the beginning for the cannibalistic serial killer, Albert Fish. How do we feel about that? Nasty. I decided to play Brawlhalla instead. I... I'm going to mute Amani for the rest of the show. Wait, gosh. (laughs) Get the clothespin off your tooth. Grounded two weeks, no iPad. It's so funny, look. I just want everyone to know that the podcast recording today is cursed. It's not the serve you think it is. Mute. <laughs> anyway, um, not the iPad, said Alina. Okay, anyway, as a child, Fish was plagued by mental illness. A number of his family members were in mental asylums as well as his brother. His uncle was diagnosed with mania, and his mother routinely experienced visual hallucinations. His father was 75 years old at the time of his birth and died when he was five years old. His widowed mother didn't have the resources to care for Albert, and him and his three siblings were left alone in the state orphanage. Um, yeah, there he, um, they like noted that he liked to cause pain on people. He would regularly, the caretakers of the orphanage would like beat the children regularly, regularly, yeah. I can't say that word, 
but y'all get what I'm y'all get what I'm putting down. Regular. Um, and they even encourage like the children to hurt each other. So he kind of grown a taste for it. While the other children feared painful punishments, he I don't want to say liked it. That sounds a little bit he, he became a sadist is what I'm hearing. That sounds a little yeah. A sadist, probably masochist too. Probably if he got hit a lot. He liked the pain. Like Markiplier. You and he liked giving <laughs> others pain. Hey. <laughs> This is a, guys, this is a PG um, podcast. So, um, I'm totally keeping it PG. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, a, a nice little statement from Fish himself. I was there till I was nearly nine. That's where I started to go. That's where I got started wrong. I'm so sorry, my bad. And then he said, we were unmercifully whipped. I saw many boys doing things that they should not have. Um, he came to enjoy and associate the pain with pleasure, which would later seep into sexual, sexual gratification. Oh my God, Amani, stop it. Amani? FYI, everyone, she is shining a flashlight into her camera. I'm going to cut that part out. Sorry, I didn't realize that my... When his mother was deemed mentally stable enough and financially self-sufficient to take him home in 1980, and then, I'm sorry, not 1980, 1880, she removed him from the orphanage, but the damage was obviously already done. Fish not only continued to administer his own beatings, but became an unhealthy, became, developed an unhealthy relationship with a telegraph boy in 1882, Y'all can, y'all can. Was it really unhealthy or was it well, he, just a gay relationship? Yeah, but we also beat him, so. Oh, yep, that's not just a gay relationship. <laughs> that is unhealthy. Obsessed with gay. sexual Beat. self relation. Oh, God. Yeah, he would a regular, no, I'm not going to read that part. No, I will. He regularly would embed needles into his groin and abdomen. Okay, masochist, masochist, masochist. He's a himself with a nail studded pattern. I might have to leave the room. It's pretty gruesome. And in 1890, after a 20 year old fish moved to New York, his crimes against children started. Wow, that's um lovely. Um, how about we can just tell the audience at home we're not don't Lauren don't read the bad parts. Just well, they they have the warning at the beginning, so they know. Yeah, I know, but the, I really don't want to hear. Um, I don't want to hear like the bad bad parts. You're gonna have to put like a few more warnings. My guy, they're all bad bad parts. Okay, fine. Um, if you want to look up the X-ray of his pelvis, you can see 29 needles embedded in the area. Fish became increasingly curious about the pain of others, which um, he started prostituting himself, um, molesting younger boys who he would lure from their homes and torture them. And nail-studded paddle was his favorite weapon. If anyone was wondering. And then in 1898, he married a woman his mother has had introduced him to, and he's fathered six children with her. 
and he abused them terribly. Um, in 1910, while working at a working as a house painter in Delaware, he met um, Thomas Kedden, and they begin a relationship similar to the one he had with the the paper boy. Um, anyway, so they became friends of sorts. They tortured each other. He ended up putting into like the man's body and he also cut off half of his penis. Uh, he quoted, or he stated, I shall never forget his scream or the look he gave me. He later recalled by 1917, he had difficulty concealing the symptoms of his severe mental illness. Um, Uh Yep. His wife left him for another man. As she said, I don't know why she stayed alone that long. No, I hope she took the kids too. I feel so bad for this. Honestly, I can't imagine her being a good person, to be perfectly honest. I can't imagine her being a good person, but because back, you said this is in 1910? Yeah. 1900s? At that time, you know, women just were expected to stay with who they were. To marry, like, a second time was seen as, like, shameful. That's true, but I just, yeah. So it might have just been her. I just gotta stick this out. I just gotta stick this out, but then, you know. But also... He said, screw social norms. My husband is insane. Yeah. Fish's self-harm became more intense. He stuffed more needles into his coin. Um, and then he stuffed a wool-covered lighter fluid into his anus and set it on fire. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, he began having auditory hallucinations as well. At one point, he recalled wrapping himself on a carpet because the instructions of John the Apostle, Apostle told him to. Um, he began teaching his own children strange habits and games, and then he became, he started developing an obsession with cannibalism, which he started to eating human flesh, he, to eat raw meat, he often invited his children to share his meals with him. Um, by 1919, his obsession with torture and cannibalism had brought him to um, contemplate murder. He began to look for vulnerable children, usually disabled orphans or homeless black youths. Nope. No, that's, that's where I was like, you, know, thinking, you know what? We all have our own like mental health problems. This guy needed some serious help and he never got it. Once it came to that, no, he's just straight up like not, he's past the point of any help. Yeah. It was, it was like he came from a family of mental health issues and that family wasn't able to take care of them because they themselves were not able to get treatment for their mental health issues. He was then put into a violent and abusive home where he learned to deal with his mental health issues or at least direct pleasure from pain. And then he just went on with life, just, you yeah. know, using what he saw and learned, which is really sad. But you know what that reminds me of? Reminds me of a little bit of Jeffrey Dahmer, you know? the first and only popular gay serial killer that was also a cannibalist. Also. Um, deranged gay cannibalists be like, I'm so individual and different. There's a new spot of the wall. 
Anyway. I just like this is like this is the only one I can't joke about because I yeah, feel so bad for all of the victims. And this was like a hundred years ago and it's just so unsettling. Was it a hundred years ago? Yes. Yeah. Nineteen nineteen is where we're at right now. Oh. Claim in his trial that um God was speaking to him and commanding him to torture and consume young children. He looked for, he bought advertisements in local, like he looked at advertisement in local papers for families looking for someone to perform housework and stuff like that. And that's where he found Grace Bud that I talked about at the beginning of this. Um, Grace wasn't the intended target. It was actually her older brother that he had his sights set on, but he... What can you do? Yeah, sometimes you gotta settle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Edward Bud was looking for a to work on a farm, and he put out that he was hiring. Blah blah blah. Um. So he created like he bought or he rented or bought a property, and he put out that he was hiring, and he planned to hire Edward and bring him to his country house to torture him. And then, um, and then he noticed that he had a younger sister, or like a young girl with him, and that was Grace Bud, and she was 10 years old when he, like, accepted the offer. And then he had a new plan, and he, while undertaking, like, this imaginary work that he would, like, do, he mentioned that he was going to visit his niece and attend her birthday party and he was like you can bring grace to join because she's about her age and um so albert fish convinced um him to let them bring like um grace bud along to the party that's what i'm i don't know if that was clear and then they never saw her again Mm-hmm. That's so sad. What happened to Grace? I wonder why. We can only assume. Grace, uh, Fish took Grace, dressed her in her Sunday best, it says. And oh, God. House estate, the one he intended to use as a torture chamber for her brother. Um, according to the letter sent to Delia Budd, along with his confession, Fish hid in an upstairs room he was naked so he didn't get blood on his clothing he said and then grace was listening in the, in the yard and then he called her inside she screamed at the sight of him but he grabbed her before she could flee um first he said he stripped her and he kicked and he bit her and scratched her and choked her to death he cut her up into small pieces and then he took like the meat to all of his rooms he cooked and he ate it it took nine days to eat her entire body man yeah i think that was the part i didn't need to know it took nine days to eat her entire body well a person that size is a size of you dough baby dough i that's just that's so sad really like um when he was questioned by the authorities, he actually confessed like instantly. That's what mental illness will do. 
Yeah, he was practically tripping over himself to reveal all the precise details of what he had done to her, as well as dozens of other children. And then, but in the end of this, only three children, including Grace, could be like concretely proven to be his victims. No, this really occurs to me just now, but it's people because, like him that put the gay community at like, this is why they were seen as like predators at that time. Because yeah. of people like this dude. Um, the other two murders were just like as gruesome. Um, he was responsible for a murder of a four-year-old named Billy. Billy had disappeared while playing with a neighbor in Brooklyn on February 11th, 1927. That child would later tell the police that the boogeyman took him. Oh God, no. He like described him as like a nervous old man on like a train and then Billy disappeared and then the old man was trying to quiet a little boy next to him apparently that was crying for his mother and then he dragged the little boy off the trolley which is odd um fish said he if you see something say something yeah literally yeah but sometimes it's if you see something it's gonna get really gruesome again he said that I took tools a good heavy cat of nine nails, all made, short handle, cut one of my belts in half, slit the halves in six strips about eight inches long. I whipped his bear behind till blood ran from his legs. I cut off his ears, nose, and slit his mouth from ear to ear, gouged out his eyes. He was dead then. I stuck the knife in his belly and held my mouth to his body and drank the blood. Yeah, this guy gets a big, like, two thumbs down from me. I I don't think I even... Usually I I listen to each podcast episode. Usually I listen to each podcast episode after it's uploaded. I do not want to listen to this one again. This is so sad. It's about to make me cry. Um, more murder that they could concretely no. in 1924. It's not as gruesome as the other ones. Um, okay. Also, it says he smiled as he confessed his crimes. And you can look up a little picture of him. He's disgusting. A young boy named Francis McDonald vanished while playing with his brother and a group of friends on Staten Island. His body was found in the woods after he had been strangled by his own suspenders. And um, he confessed to luring Francis into the woods, assaulting and strangling him. And he admitted he was ready to dismember the body, but he thought he heard someone approaching. So he fled the scene. Um, Albert Fish, the trial being, I'm going to restart that. The trial of Alf, oh my God, Jesus Christ. The trial, of, oh my Jesus Christ. I'm not meaning to say try, I'm trial, not child. The trial of Albert Fish began on March 11, 1935, and um, it's pretty obviously that it's pretty obvious that he was like um, insane. And his defense pleaded that he was innocent by reasoning of insanity, but because like he admitted that his auditory hallucinations in the form of voices had told him to kill children. But even though, like, numerous psychiatrists involved in the trial supported the insanity plea, the jury found Fish insane enough, like, sane enough to be guilty. 
So the trial took 10 days and they executed him by a electricity like the, the following year. So they like were debating whether right. he was innocent just because he was so insane. But they were like, no, he's like reasonable enough to kill. He him. still committed the crime. So I mean, he's guilty either way. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes like. But when someone was deemed like not sane, yeah, like they don't know what they were doing, like they didn't know that they were committing a crime. But anyway, um, he was electrocuted, and that doesn't even make me feel better. This is so unsatisfying. Um, he, although it's believed that he killed between like the three to nine victims, he was so sure that he had a child in every state. He said. But, like, they couldn't tie any other evidence besides concretely those three. Um, yeah, the before his execution, his lawyer def- refused to share any of his client's notes because he said, quote, I will never show it to anyone. It was the most filthy string of obscenities that I have ever read, end quote. So there's a lot that we actually don't know about him. I'm sure you could um, you could find it somewhere on the internet, but it's worse than what we read. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, least favorite story ever. Yeah, it's um quite a meaty one. Uh, don't make that pun. Don't make that um, pun. It was deserved, but unappreciated. Yeah, I am so sorry to the listeners for that one. That was actually like horrible to read. In that's probably like the worst one so far. Honestly, I think that's the worst case on the podcast. I'm reading the Hannibal books right now, so I was like, "OMG, maybe I'll look up a cannibal." Uh, I just didn't. I didn't know it'd be like that. For the most point, cannibal uh, serial killers aren't the best people. Like even Jeffrey Dahmer, um, he mostly attracted gay minors. Big sad. Sorry to the queer community for that. Um, Y'all didn't have to hear. (laughs) Sorry. um, Apology not (laughs) accepted. Sorry to Maggie's uncle. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, Maggie's uncle. Get you dirty. I was gonna share this family. Oh no. (laughs) I'm ready. The mood is just. I just keep Brandon's in the waiting room. Event. She's just gonna Ayo, Ayo, let Brennan and just not let her talk. I, I can explain. What's up, Bren? Thank you so much for tuning into this week's podcast. Oh. 